It is Thursday, May the 16th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And apparently there's been football going on. I haven't really paid much attention the last three weeks, but apparently there's a, a native game, a native football game in Australia. Well, you know, Charlie, last weekend, I think I saw six or seven of the matches that were on Mm. on the weekend. And this weekend, I saw zero. (laughs) I saw absolutely no football at all. I'm across some of the issues, but saw none of the games. Yeah, I, uh, I'm amazed by how quickly my interest in football dips when the Saints aren't winning. Like, I have had very little interest. What I do is I'll read the headlines, I'll go to AFL.com, I'll click on some articles, I'll listen to another podcast to get some talking points for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, which is less about our observations of AFL and more about our observations of other people's observations about AFL. <laughs> Well, here's my observation is that, and this backs up something I've been saying for years, no one knows fucking anything. Any experts who say they know what teams are playing well, what teams aren't playing well, because when you do dip in and out, it's like kind of uh, dipping in and out of a TV show where you're like, hang on, wasn't that guy the bad guy? Last time I saw this show, he was bad. He's a good guy now. Oh, hang on. That couple are together now. Because last time I checked, everyone loved Frio. Frio beat, you know, GWS in Canberra and Frio were amazing. Now all the scuttlebutt is Russ Lyon doesn't know how to coach. They're a terrible side. Last time I checked, Hawthorne were limping. They didn't know what they're doing. Now it's like Hawthorne are back. They're amazing. You can't beat a team that's so well coached. Like, there's, I guess there's a couple of constants, which is Collingwood and Geelong are always good. But as far as the rest of the team are t- t- concerned, everyone, everyone is just like up and down. Well, also, I think everyone is up and down, but also we live in the era of immediate overreactions. Like, everything is an immediate overreaction. Everything is an immediate hot take. Like, you can literally go from being... Like, it's like the AFL season is 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 operating in the same wor- world as the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, there's only there's only six episodes, there's some dramatic turns, and everybody has opinions about what's going on. I mean, is there anything more tiresome than an ex-footballer complaining about the state of the game? Oh, I wouldn't watch it. Well, who wants to watch that? Shut up. It'll change again. Next week, a team will kick 120 points. It'll be fine. Stop it. Shut up. Ex-footballers are like XPMs. They shouldn't be allowed to comment. Well, I mean, that would really clear out the commentary boxes, wouldn't it? Because they're <laughs> mostly full of ex-footballers. <laughs> no, you I can mean, com- you can commentate a game, but let's not have any kind of like overarching statements about the state of the game. Because that's the other thing too, is there's so many media outlets. There's podcasts, there's TV, radio, uh, newspapers still. And so everyone just, they want that clickbait, that big friggin' statement. And, it's, and I, I get sucked in. I must admit, the start of the season, I got sucked in. But now I'm like, ugh, it's all fake news. It's all fake. Okay, so... Firstly, I've got a beeping in the background here because I'm uh, <laughs> at my workplace and there's uh, what they call the hotline, oh. uh, which is like, you know, if like an emergency call is coming through and that was just beeping in the background. So if you oh. heard that, that's what... Is that, is that the line you call to get an icy, icy cold can of Coke? 
No, no, no. Yeah, if you're too hot, you're just like, I need something icy cold right now. I've got to call the hotline. No, it's like, you know, the number they give the Prime Minister or whatever when he has to call in and interrupt in a special occasion. So um, I probably could have picked up that call if I knew how to do that and uh, got the Prime Minister on the show. But uh, look, some of the most ridiculous things people had hot takes on this week, Charlie. And I understand the irony that we ourselves have a... uh, (laughs) you know, a football podcast and yeah. unnecessarily adding to the media clutter around this great game. But firstly, there was the saga of how you pronounce Orazio Fantasia's name. Did you mm. follow Namegate, yes. Charlie? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I caught up on that. So look, here's my understanding is that uh, it came out that the actual pronunciation was Fantasia and then BT has come out and said, yeah, but you Australianize it and make it Fantasia. And everyone got angry at BT. And then Fantasia came out and said, yeah, yeah, guys, I say Fantasia. And everyone just cooled down. Is that what happened? I mean, that's the gist. That's the summary. Uh, I'll give you some more intricate detail. Okay, great. So originally, like all these things in football, Eddie Maguire has his fingers all over this. (laughs) So back about a year ago, Eddie started floating the theory that it wasn't Fantasia, it was Fantasia. And the other one that Eddie's always big on is that it's not Favola, it's Fevola, right? Yeah. And apparently Fev found that out at his wedding. <laughs> apparently his dad let him know at his wedding that it wasn't Favola, it was Fevola. But anyway, so uh, he started the idea of Fantasia. So mm-hmm. then Orazio Fantasia slash Fantasia has gone on the huddle, which is the Friday night Triple M footy show. This is last year. Uh, with Howie and Das and those guys, and they've asked him, how would you pronounce it? And he said, well, technically, it's Fantasia. But then everybody just ignored that, and it went away. Mm. Then last Friday night, Channel 7, BT's not calling. Now, BT's made Fantasia, you know, pretty famous. It's, you know, mm. one of those things that BT sort of made his signature calling Orazio Fantasia. And so um, it, what happened was, BT's away on Friday night, Basil's in. Now, oh. down at Channel 7, it's a little Game of Thrones style looking for Bruce's chair, right? Second reference There's only one chair down there, the number one caller. And uh, Bruce is going to retire at some stage. Winter is coming. Yeah. And everybody Game of Thrones style is getting yeah, their positions in place. So you've got like Hamish, yeah. right? Bit boring, bit straight mm. ahead, but he's a contender. He, so is he the Jon Snow in this uh, metaphor? <sighs> You know nothing, Hamish McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, so Hamish is Jon Snow. Yeah. Uh, then you've got JB, James Brayshaw. So who's JB in this scenario? So I see he's blustery, JB, isn't he? He's kind of... Um, I mean, does he have a... Who would he be like? JB. He's not really like a... I mean, the thing is, I don't know the name of any of the Game of Thrones characters. I know there's That's the a good midget. point. Okay. <laughs> I know there's... Okay, no. we'll just... We'll abandon this. But okay. uh, you've got JB... <laughs> then you've got uh, BT, yeah, and then throwing a bit of a you know a bit of uh, well you got Das I suppose Das is probably in the mix there as well yeah and then you've got Bas- Das is Das is definitely Captain Friendzone <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Friendzone I don't know the character's name but you know he was the one who's in love with Daenerys. <laughs> And BT is Daenerys. So <laughs> BT, BT's riding dragons in, <laughs> blowing them yeah. up everywhere. Yeah. So 
Uh, so this is your this is your horse race. So you've got Das and yeah. Hamish, who are your, your more straight ahead options. Yeah. You've got BT and JB, who are your more colourful options. Yeah. And then your kind of random fifth one is Basil. So Basil, Basil Zemplis. Yeah. The big nose Western Australian Basil Zemplis, who calls one Friday night game a year and it's when it's in Sydney because he's in Sydney for weekend sunrise because he'd been gunning for Koshy's job, right? He wanted to be the new Koshy, but Koshy's just re-signed a new contract. So suddenly Basil's got to like, you know, throw his attention somewhere else and mm. maybe it's going for Bruce's job, right? Yeah. So Friday night, they've got Dyson Heppel on their pre-match uh, and they've asked Dyson Heppel, how should we pronounce Orazio Fantasia's name? Now, in this moment, uh, they're being a bit mischievous, right? Because they're setting him up. B- right, BT's not there, mm. and suddenly when BT's not there, they've gone to his favourite player and asked if he's mispronouncing the name. So this has already got, you know, it's got a little touch of your little finger style, yeah. you know, yeah. treachery behind the scenes, a bit of I destabilization. I love that of, we said know, that we we're going to brand. abandon the analogy, but we keep going with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, just be- and none of them are probably accurate or true. But no. the point is that we just talked about Game of Thrones on our other podcast <laughs> and it's top of mind. So, <laughs> And we only have one gear. Yeah. So, um, so okay. So, Friday night, yeah. they go to BT's favourite uh, player. They go to the captain of his team. They go, how do you pronounce his name? And Dyson Heppel's gone, well, technically it's fantasy, huh? So then they say, well, would you like us to pronounce it Fantasia? And Dyson Heppel, the captain of Essendon, has gone, yeah, it probably should be Fantasia. So then on Friday Night Football, Basil pronounces it Fantasia and Bruce gets on board and goes from his original position of Fantasia to adopting Fantasia. And so Bruce is like the Sean Bean character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right in the first Game of Thrones, I don't know what that guy was called—the dad of all the kids. So this, the other thing to me is that Bruce has decided to throw his weight in this situation to me yeah. behind Basil. This is a play from Bruce saying, "If somebody's going to take over my job and my role, I support Basil and not BT." Right? So That's would you I say? Would you say that Bruce appointed Basil as his hand? <laughs> his most trusted confidant? Anyway, meanwhile, JB's <laughs> off having sex with his sister. Again, I don't know if any of this is accurate. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. Okay. So, they both go with fantasy, right? Uh, Das on the... the because Das is doing radio that night, he just decides to drop the last name altogether. He's now just saying Orazio. He's rattled. They've got inside Das's head. He doesn't know if it's Fantasia or Fantasia. He's just calling him Orazio like he's Maradona or something now. Yeah. So the last name's gone completely out the window. Yeah. So BT finds out about this, and BT is not happy. Not happy at all, Charlie. He's not happy that he's been bumped from a Friday night for a pretender like Basil. You know, and secondly, he's not happy that the pretender has come in, you know, started messing around with his favourite player's name and ruined it for him. So on Saturday, BT lashes out. BT's like, you know, that's when he makes his big speech, where he's big like, yeah, mate, this is Australia. And you know how we pronounce it in Australia? 
bloody Fantasia, mate. This is bloody Australia, and it's bloody Fantasia. So this is where the situation's at. Now it's into the world of think pieces, Charlie. The world explodes because there's so much footy media now that it suddenly becomes less a conversation about how you pronounce a person's name and more a conversation around the cultural sensitivities of imported names and the plight of immigrants and whether Australia is a casually racist country that won't even pronounce people's names properly and there are think pieces and responses to those think pieces and then there's other think pieces and then suddenly, basically, BT might as well be wearing a white hood and holding up a burning (laughs) cross as far as some people are portraying this moment. So by Saturday, and this is like by Saturday it's a national debate over how you should be pronouncing this guy's name and yet nobody at this stage seems to have actually gone to the guy and just said (laughs) how would you feel about it if we pronounce it Uh, my favourite is uh, that in the press conference after the game a Channel 7 Sydney reporter was so thrown by it that when he was asking his question he pronounced his name as Fantasia which is neither of the options So, uh, it was Monday morning when Orazio was actually asked about it and went back on his original position of last year and he said, no, it's fine, just call me Fantasia. And so, so was BT's comment tongue-in-cheek at all or was he very, was he genuinely defensive? Uh, as with all things with BT, Charlie, a little of column A and a little yeah. of column BT. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was both being tongue-in-cheek and also completely serious all at once, which is... Is your kind of BT zone? Well, this is an issue I can identify with, Will, because uh, my surname, Clausen, is an anglicised version of the Danish pronunciation Clausen. Like, if we were going to be accurate, then my name is Charlie Clausen. But I grew up thinking it was Clausen. It wasn't until I started meeting uh, Danes who were like, oh, no, you're Clausen. That's pronounced Clausen. And so I've got to the point now where I am comfortable with either. I don't even correct people. If they call me Charlie Clausen, I'm Charlie Clausen. If I'm Charlie Clausen, I'm Charlie Clausen. Because doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me. I know who I am. Well, a lot of people don't know that officially Brian Taylor's nickname is pronounced but, <laughs> but he doesn't complain. Taylua. Uh, but this is just a great example of the commentary around football that we spent like three or four days and like 400 different people had an opinion on like something that really could have just been cleared up by going, hey mate, how would you prefer we pronounce your name? Well, my cursory uh, uh, perusing of uh, AFL news this week, there was that issue and there was also Dane Rampey shaking the goalpost. That seemed to be the two most pertinent issues in football. Well, Rampey Gate is still going. Is so it? So are you across what happened with yeah. Rampey Gate? Well, the, I mean, are we going to include the calling saying to the umpire that he's got a voice <laughs> like a little girl? Is that part of, is that included in the gate or is it just the post? No, 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 no. It's uh, definitely the little girl has to be included in it because when it comes to the fines that were dealt out, uh, you know, uh, he got two please explains, Charlie. He didn't yeah. get to one please explain from the AFL. He got two separate please explains. Mm. And that was, uh, what, a fine of 10 grand I read. Is that right? Yeah. And most of the fine was for calling the umpire, well, saying the umpire spoke like he was a little girl. So the majority yeah. of the fine was for that. Uh, I think $1,000 was for shaking the post, climbing the post. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I I remember back in the Moorabbin days seeing Stewie Lowe shake a goal post uh, to put a player off. And I don't know if it was because of the 80s or if it was Moorabbin or whatever, but it did not seem to cause nearly the amount of consternation that it has caused after this game. 
I mean, Lee Matthews broke a post. Yeah, but that was during the play. This was, I remember Stree Lowe specifically standing there with these giant bucket hands. I mean, you know, to go back to Game of Thrones, <laughs> he looked like one of those like giants or something. His big bucket hands wrapped around the post, shaking it. But I think it was just like, I mean, I guess maybe the problem with this is it was a kick after the siren. But did David Myers, uh, it, it wasn't like he even made the distance. Well, this is, uh, so this is where this issue is complicated, right? Because... Rampy was probably best on ground. He was having it, but he was just like having one of those nights where, you know, one, one of your mates is on fire, but at mm. the same time, you're Both like, we've got to watch out for him tonight. Yeah. He's like, he is, he's on having f- a great time, but yeah, it could go either loose. way. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. And d- that was definitely what, what Dane Rampy was. Uh, so yeah, kick for goal. Didn't go anywhere near the goals. So the climbing of the goalpost and the shaking of it in no way affected the shot at goal, mm. but technically, it's a free kick. letter of the law, you're not allowed to do it, should have been a free kick on the goal square, which w- would have meant that Essendon wins that game rather than loses that game. So I can understand why, from an Essendon point of view, that you're pretty, you'd be pretty upset that you didn't get the free kick. I don't know. Like, if you, to win a game, if you have to rely on an opposition player doing something that maybe five players in the history of the game have ever done, then maybe you should be more concerned about how your team's playing football. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Gil McLaughlin just said that? Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, like, like if tactically you're like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to play one percenters. We're going to ma- make sure we get numbers to the ball and we need to rely on the opposition shaking the goalpost in a clutch moment. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. Why, why is it even a, is there a rule against it? What's the harm in shaking the post? Makes Wouldn't it, that I mean, add some more, more entertainment? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if someone's like going for goal and you're able to like shimmy up the goal post, like can't you imagine? Like it's the final kick of the game and then suddenly everybody's scurrying up the goal post trying to, or like even monkeys. better, Charlie, let's grease the goalposts. Yes. So you, you grease them from top to bottom yeah. and then like a challenge on Survivor or something like that. Yeah. If you have the skill to actually be able to climb up a goalpost, then good luck to you. Or, you know, make it like a wrestling match. Tables, letters and chairs. Maybe it's like to get the four points. Like, sure, the scores are whatever the scores are. But if you can clamber up that greasy goalpost and grab the four points, then you get the four points at the end of the game. There's a 30-second period after every game where you can sprint down to the goal square, climb a greasy goalpost and try and grab the four points. Or that you should be able to do anything that you want to do. Like, rather, other than bringing in you know, obviously external elements. But right. if you want to build a pyramid, if yeah. you want to launch each on each other's shoulders, if you want to do that, but you've got to yeah. risk the possibility that there's a point and the opposition can then just play on and sprint down the other end of the field where you're not defending. But if it's a kick after the siren and you all want to just like run down to the goal square and get on your knees and then a couple of other blokes get on their knees and then a couple of others build a pyramid and you try to block the goals, more luck, to, more power to you. I mean, what are the rules around how you are able to behave on the mark or, or the player taking a shot for goal? Like, I don't think you can even throw grass anymore. That used to be a thing, didn't it? That you could, if you're on the mark, you could pick up grass and throw it. But I think they outlawed that. 
Have you ever seen a film called Basketball? It's by the guys who made South Park. Yeah. It's kind of like a naked gun style. And it's about two guys who invent their own sport, which is a mix of baseball and basketball. And they have a rule in it, which is called the psych out, which is if you are standing on the mark, you can say or do whatever you want to try and put that person off, which could be bringing up like a tragic family history or, you know, you could bring out the, like a celebrity to come and sing them a song to serenade them as they're lining up for shots for goal. I think bringing in the psych out would be a great introduction to the AFL. Get Steve Hawking on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be like, it'd be great if just somebody was good at mental disintegration and you kept them for those moments. Like, yeah. you know, an ex-player who was just really good on the lip, not really as fit as they used to be, but yeah. just is able to be subbed in for on-the-mark situations. Well, what about you? Like, you know, the Bulldogs could, like, so uh, scores are tied, uh, you know, Bulldogs' opponent is lining for goal. They stop the clock. They point to the crowd. They bring out their most famous comedian supporter, and you just tell jokes. As the guy's lining up, you're just throwing zingers at him, trying to put him off. I mean, that would really get the crowd into it. They'd have to mic I mean, you up. Mic'd up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the umpire would have to come over and stand next to you so you could use his lapel mic. <laughs> no, I like to think that like it's literally on the giant screen as well. So you come out yeah. with a microphone <laughs> on the mark that's been yeah. broadcast onto the screen. So everybody around the ground is also hearing it, but you're on the mark in their face. And I'd love it too, though, that you have to come out and just because you're such a, a well-drilled comic, you can't help but do like two minutes of crowd work before you get to the guy lining up for God. Uh, what do you do for a living, mate? <laughs> What's oh. your name? Ray? What do you do, yeah. Ray? Oh, you're an umpire. Oh, yeah, no, that does make sense now that I think about it. <laughs> Got a nickname, Ray? Yeah, I'm all for that. I think, like, what about uh, playing? Could you play music? Could you play music over the. If it's a home game, do you have the right to play music? Yeah. Or sounds? Or or, or is it like Guantanamo Bay where you can play, like, distressing sounds of, like, babies wailing and, like, jet engines taking off as they're lining up for goal? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like the Adelaide preseason camp, you know, where they played the (laughs) Richmond Club song over and over again. It should be like a collective mimes style scenario. Well, Rui, did you see that Rui said on, uh, I think on AFL 360, one of the Foxtel shows uh, Mm. last night was saying that uh, when Carlton were playing Collingwood on the weekend, it was Carlton home game. And Mm. when Collingwood were out there warming up, they were playing Eagle Rock, which is what the Eagles played to celebrate the grand final last uh, year. And he thought that it was intentional by the Carlton sort of DJ that they were playing Eagle Rock to try to get inside the Collingwood heads and remind them of when they lost the grand final. I'm glad Rui's turned into a conspiracy theorist, one of the most decorated <laughs> players in the game. He also said they're putting too much fluoride in the water. And he said <laughs> turning that frogs vaccines gay. cause autism. They were his top three. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Adelaide, here's another one of these things where it's like, you know, you, you, you take three weeks off football and then suddenly they're in the top four and everyone loves them again. Remember at the start of the year where people were writing about what a car crash Adelaide was and suddenly they're back? Well, I think you'll find that in the last nine weeks, Adelaide have gone from preseason favourites for the flag to they're not going to make the eight and they're probably going to finish in the bottom four to, oh, they're back in the top four and everything's okay with Adelaide again. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, it's the best season for Collingwood and Geelong supporters. They're the only ones. Even GWS supporters have had a couple of like the Hawthorne loss and the Fremantle loss have been enough to uh, been dispiriting enough. So are they the only? I mean, you must be enjoying football again. Like three wins in a row now. Yeah, but we got Geelong in Geelong this week. So oh, mate, we got it's hard to. This is I, I read one Saint supporter 
um, this blog that I read, he said that this is just a period that we're just waiting to end because we've had Adelaide, GWS, uh, West Coast, and now we've got Collingwood. So it's just like Saints fans are just like quietly finding other things to do for the past like three weeks. And we'll get back into football again when we play a Carlton or a, or a Melbourne again. What we're really hoping in this scenario, though, Charlie, is that uh, both with your team and my team, that it's less about the form that our teams take into the game and more about the fact that in this topsy-turvy season, those teams are due to drop one that they shouldn't. Yeah. You know, so I'm very much working on the idea that like Geelong never lose in Geelong, but they're having such a good season and they just are due to lose one that they shouldn't mm. lose. And perhaps we could be that. We yeah. could be the one that they're like, like we were to Carlton. Mm. We could be that to Geelong. Yeah, it's blind hope. I feel the same way. In in fact, I think that because every year there's one major upset, and I think that Saints beaten Collingwood. Maybe maybe that'll be the upset. Maybe that's the one. And that's not to say it'll be season defining and suddenly we're going to charge to the finals. I imagine we could beat Collingwood this week and then lose the next three in a row. <laughs> yeah, we want to be GWS's Hawthorne. That's yeah. what we want to be. <laughs> Uh, I did see a couple of games this weekend. Um, possibly the most enjoyable and then unenjoyable was the Gold Coast Melbourne game. I actually thought of you a lot watching that because with 40 seconds to go, we, did you see the last two minutes of that game? So you know scores were level or roundabout level. 40 seconds to go, Gold Coast slot, you know, a, a, a goal on the run from outside 50 and looked for all money to be home and hosed. And then Melbourne get up in like in the absolute death rattle. And I was watching that game, and when it looked like Melbourne were going to lose, I'm like, oh, this is, this is like caviar to Will Anderson. <laughs> this is like a, a sousson of a football brilliance. Well, no, because they're my two least favoured teams, obviously, Gold Coast and Melbourne. So I was very much hoping for a draw. Oh, like, that would have been good. If, if both teams had walked away feeling unsatisfied by what had happened, I would have been like, ah, delicious. <laughs> But what point do you, I mean, does it, how do you look at that game? Is it like they both are terrible teams and it was just like a scrap and no one really, even though Melbourne won by a point, no one really wins that game? I mean, who knows? Like Gold Coast beat us. Like Gold Coast, I think, I actually, like Gold Coast, the team, I have some actual respect and joy for. I think, yeah, there's a lot to like about the Gold Coast team. So I was probably hopeful that they would win. You know, I hate the Gold Coast itself. Should be bulldozed into the ocean. and is a consistent position that I will <laughs> always believe in. But the team themselves, I actually quite like. Um, this is good. I like this Melbourne because mm. this is them building a few wins and a little bit of hope again without mm. doing anything that convinces me that they're any good. Well, there's been a hole in our hearts Um since Richmondy was uh, was buried, and we really need a team to take that uh, take that the sh- the sh- Schadenfreude. A team needs to replace that, and I think that that is Melbourne. I just I don't feel like they'll get there though. Like I don't I I, I don't think that they we will get the. I don't think we'll get the rise and then the delicious fall that we want from Melbourne. Not in the way that we got no, pri- pre-premiership to Richmond. In fact, it'd be really great if Richmond could go back to being Richmond. I don't think it's going to happen for a while, but I do miss those days. I just sort of like watching that Melbourne Gold Coast performance. I'm like, this is the kind of game. In fact, that and the Dane Rampey thing, I was like, these both feel like games that Richmond would have played in two years ago. 
where something bizarre happens. Yeah, have we been overlooking the obvious successor to, like, maybe I've been, you know, a bit like, you know, when Ned Flanders gets his, you know, new girlfriend and she wakes up in the middle of the night and he's cutting his hair, her hair to look like Maud's hair. Like, um, I feel like perhaps I've been trying to do that to Melbourne. I've yeah. tr- been trying to make Melbourne my new Richmond mm. when maybe I've been ignoring who the real Richmond is all along, which is Essendon. I get the feeling mm. that Essendon might be the more likely contender to the Richmondy mantle because they're the team that should be a really, really superstar team. But through a series of misadventures, like, you know, for example, this goal that they should have got after the game because somebody's climbed up a goalpost and they yeah. haven't got it. So if they say then missed the eight by like, you know, four points. And it all came back to the fact that Dane Rampey should have like been penalized for that. For example, that would be a more Richmondy style scenario. I just feel like they don't have, there isn't the comedy element with Essendon. You know what I mean? There's something hilarious or there was something hilarious about the way Richmond would lose. And there was something hilarious about Melbourne losing, but the Melbourne is like, if Richmond was like, um, Mr. Bean, Melbourne's more like curb your enthusiasm, like in terms of style of comedy. What, like one is tinged with a bit more tragedy than the other. One is just outright comedy, and one is more of a oh god, like what an awful position oh, to be in. Imagine is, being that this person. Is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I don't see, I don't see the comedy angle in Essendon because they went through that period, the James Heard thing, which was you know pretty rough, but there wasn't a lot of comedy in that. And then I think we all sort of felt. They won a lot of sympathy that period of time where they had all those players suspended. Now I don't, I don't really have an identity for them. Like I don't hate Essendon, so I can't take pleasure in their losses like you do with a Melbourne. But I also don't. They haven't had these goofy losses either. It's they're sort of, it's kind of middle of the road in a weird way. Uh, yeah, I think that. Like I understand what you mean about that because I think their bad times have been self-inflicted. So yeah. I don't feel as bad about you know, but. I also think they had that raised expectations of, you know, they loaded up, you know, with all the payouts to the players and they kind of loaded up getting all these new players into the club and the fact that there's kind of Mm. been a series of, you know, massive wobbles since then has been... But I understand what you mean. It's not quite as comedic. I guess the thing that kind of gives me some joy with the Essendon thing is they are definitely the the grumpiest supporters. Like if a free kick goes against Essendon or if there's some scenario that conspires against Essendon, like there is an element of the Essendon supporters who are so mad about everything. And probably for good reason. They've had, you know, like you said, plenty of reasons to, you know, believe in conspiracy theories and get really angry about everything. But there is an element of the Essendon army that if something goes wrong for them, it is just kind of joyful to watch how angry they get. God forbid your uh, captain should show uh, a little bit of emotion when consoling a player for missing a kick after the game. Like, that was crazy how angry they were after that. Like, Joe Danaher's in your team. I thought you'd be used to it by now. Like, Joe Danaher misses a shot for goal, throws his hands in the air and laughs it off. Like, isn't that what you're used to? Used to, but they don't like it, <laughs> Charlie. They do not like it one Because bit. you forget, like, they were, you know, one of the big four teams, you know. They, they were, uh, Carlton and Essendon, they, they had, there was an arrogance or an expectation, a culture of success built around those clubs that they, it's, it's like they're, um, they're living off past glories, aren't they? It's kind of like Brexit. That's what it is. 
It's like there is this culture around Essendon, which is we were great once upon a time and we should be great again. So let's fucking just torpedo everything. Yeah. It's like Essendon and Carlton have the same thing in common. They used to be great when it was okay to cheat. But since it's not been okay to cheat, both of them have really struggled to be competitive. <laughs> what else in football? I mean, I didn't really see any other... Well, I watched oh, Gary the... Ablett. Kind of oh, Gary yeah. Ablett did the same thing as the week before and got off again. Nat Fife, um, you know, got off his, his, I don't know, like, is, are you interested in that? I'm not even interested nah. in that. No, nah, we've been very uh, light on um, Fife, Nat Fife, Nat Life this year. I mean, we haven't really been dipping in the mailbag. There, should, there, there could be whispers from the West coming in and we, we just aren't seeing them. Do I can't talk about should Actually, I'm, I'm going to go to the mailbag right now because this might be a good week for us to just dip in a little bit into the mailbag because uh you know neither of us have actually yeah. seen any football well, we so there might be some people out there that <laughs> let's let's spare the listeners any more uh, tortured to uh game of thrones <laughs> analogies yeah, analogies and we can actually yeah go to our i'll uh, i'll have a look through and i'll i'll see if i can um uh read us a couple of things now now all these are uh Side unseen, so I'm just going to have to edit on the um, way. But the first one's from Dave. Hi, Charlie and Will. Love the pod. Can't tip each week without listening to your take first. Doesn't mean that he uh, so he follows it, but um, okay. Just wanted to share a nickname evolution with you. I worked at a place with a lot of other dudes, including my brother. His name is Michael, mm-hmm. and uh, there were already two Michaels working there. So that's no good. Our last name is Weta. Oh, hang on. I should have read ahead on this one, I think. So we are regularly referred to by that name, but there was two of us. That was no good either. Okay. I let our workmates know my brother was in the film Evil Angels. So they went out and watched it. Yeah. And came back with a new name for my bro, Regan. His name is in the film. Regan then morphed to Reg or Reggie. Some saying Reggie Jackson which reminds them of another namesake, Michael Jackson. Uh-oh. So eventually he got called Michael again. But for now, mostly <laughs> Reggie or Regan. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. That's amazing. It came full circle. <laughs> I like that. That's well, great. Right, Dave. Thank you very much. Uh, hi, guys. I love the pod. This is from Milo. Um, uh, love the pod. Listen to it every week from Stuttgart, Germany. Holy shit. Uh, you guys continuing to do the podcast is definitely up there with Brisbane as being one of the surprise packets of the year. <laughs> Thanks for the laughs. Um, all right, here we go. Noticed a chance for a textbook nickname this week when the AFL's footy feed picked up a story on the Lions. Apparently when Chris Fagan, Dennis Pagan, was selling Hodge the idea of moving up to Brizzy, he listed a bunch of up-and-coming players in the squad. This included Hugh McCluggage. Hodge this week confessed he replied at the time saying, Who? So Hugh McCluggage obviously becomes Who McCluggage, which then becomes Doctor Who McCluggage. Uh, I was going to go with Ho- I was going to go with Horton. He's a Who, but no, that's good, Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, and then Doc. Don't mind that. Actually, that's good. Happy I with like that. that. Well done, Milo. Um, all right, here we go. Hey, Charlie and Will, big fan of the pod. Although I must admit, when my oh god. Uh, when my mighty D's are playing so crap, oh. I find myself debating whether I should put myself through more pain and hear you guys lay into them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, shit, mate. Sorry. Um, anyway, I digress. I think I've stumbled onto a very Richmondy possibility for this season. Oh, thank oh, you. Good. Go. Brilliant. Perfect. Uh, with the injuries mounting for the Tigers, Rewalt and Nankervis being out for one to two months, Cochin still a few weeks 
it's a very strong likelihood they'll be plagued by this all season. I propose that their young and lesser-known players will rise to the occasion, uh, there's been signs early in the season, and carry them to the finals, only for this to be the perfect point where all their top guns are finally fit enough to play. Brimming with confidence, they'll take on a good but not great side like Port, who they beat without their big guns, in the quarter or semi-finals and get completely flogged by them. They'll last be seen all getting onto a big bus, looking very dishevelled, only for onlookers to vaguely hear the sound of Port's anthem playing on the bus. <laughs> Keep up the good work, boys. Uh, very well. Good, Luke. This, our, these letters are all so much better than any content we've brought to this podcast, Charlie, so far. Um, all right, here we go. Um, are, you, are you going from uh, most recent down? Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. Yeah. I uh, was listening to the Cool Player episode. This is from Williams. Oh, yes. Oh, Had a lot of suggestions. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's uh, messages to let us know who the cool players are. I don't think we got any too wrong. Uh, Brody Grundy. Uh, there's like been a lot of talk about that Collingwood is clearly Brody Grundy. Why? Is that, that's the only is he cool? feedback Just cause he's got. Because he's got the ponytail. Um, I was listening to the pool, Cool Player episode and wanted to let you know that an extremely high number of Fremantle players wear Birkenstocks, making them the least cool team in the <laughs> AFL. Oh, and a lot of them like to listen to Radio National as well. Oh, my God. That is not cool. Wow. There you go. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's good. I like that. Um, How does he uh, know about the Birkenstocks? Where's that come from? Uh, this guy's got like, a lot. He sent us a lot of Nat5 stuff. So okay, brilliant. Let's go Fremantle fan. Uh, he sent us a picture after Nat Five got his concussion, uh, where it says AFL told Five should miss 19 days. Uh, and the comment he's just put under that is Nat Five must have got really shaken up. He's put a beanie on, but no shirt. And th- there's just a picture of Nat Five in a beanie, but no shirt. Uh, there's a behind the scenes of Nat Five's uh, photo shoot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Nat Five's uh, brilliant information from this guy. So. Um, all right, we'll uh, go through that. Uh, Emily has, uh, here we go. Oh, Hi, this Emily. is good. This is Underwear Gate. Jaden oh, Stevenson's Underwear brilliant. Gate. Uh, Hi, guys. I just wanted to add to the discussion uh, point from last week in regards to the rumours that apparently Jaden Stevenson from Collingwood didn't wear underwear. While watching the game against Carlton on the weekend, Stevenson was lining up for a shot in front of goal in the first half of the first quarter, and as he gathered himself to make the kick, Uh. I couldn't help but notice that he definitely picked a wedgie and readjusted himself a good Uh. three to four times. It looked to me that he was wearing undies in at least this game, but I couldn't help but wonder that the good four wedgie picks indicated that he wasn't very comfortable or used to wearing them regularly. Mm. Perhaps he's been told that he's got to wear undies now and it's throwing him off his game. That is a... Very good observation, Emily. Someone actually sent, sent us a clip. Uh, I think it was BT interviewing Jaden, where he asked him about the underwear thing. And he said, mm-hmm. yes, there were a number of games where he didn't wear underwear until he was told he had to. But he also confessed that prior to wearing underwear, he would use tape. He just tape himself like tape uh, RuPaul's Drag Race style. I guess so. But where are you taping? Like, are you taping to the thigh? Are you taping like... Are you doing? Are you doing the girl tuck? Like where are yeah, you taping? Taping tuck, or are you taping yeah. to your belly? Where would you? Oh, hang on, I'm trying to think. Like yeah, I guess I'd tape to the belly. I'd do the periscope. Tape up. <laughs> yeah, tape up. <laughs> <laughs> where would you tape to the side? You don't want to tape to the the side because you're running a lot. 
Yeah, but I taped it just like one side, you know, like a oh. diagonal, like in a oh, sorry, straight a across, horizontal, horizontal direction. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Good. Um, uh, Matthew suggests, uh, yeah, uh, Grundy he seems laid back as hell, very likable, doesn't try too hard to be so, has the hair and beard for the whole hipster look. You know, mm. you'd hit him up at a cafe just as much as you go around the local pub for some cheeky beverages, 100% certified cool. Okay. Well, because I think we couldn't find one for Collingwood. We speculated maybe Scott Pendlebury, but Brody Grundy seems a lot cooler. Definitely. Ah, here we go. Uh, We're back to underwear gate. Okay, Um, Or jock gate, as we probably should call it. Um, I'm sure you've had a ton of messages about this already. This is from Stevie. Uh, On the topic of players and whether they wear underwear. Uh, A photo uh, of Paul Hazelby with his dick hanging out of the bottom of his shorts during a game, once inadvertently made it to the sports section of the West Australian. Um, I've heard a few stories about how he ended up in that situation. Sorry? Former Fremantle docker Paul Hazelby. Yep, or cocker in this case. (laughs) Um, I've heard a few stories about how he ended up in that situation. He alleges he had no clean jocks available to him, except a ratty old pair that had lost the elastic around the legs. But honestly, that sounds like a cover story for going commando to avoid being dacked on the field. Um, so well, you, you saw that yeah, footage of uh, Tom Lynch on the weekend after kicking a goal, how he had his pants pulled down and he was wearing Richmond jocks. Did you see that? Uh, yes. And he was wearing Tigers. Oh, Tigers swimmers, jocks. Some swimmers. people are saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now that must have been like, they knew that was coming. They seemed to know where the camera was, right? Like it was so perfectly right. set up. Oh, they're all just such great friends down at Richmond. I mean, Dane Rampey gets fined for shaking a goalpost. Isn't we get fined for flashing uh, uh, Tom Lynch's underwear? Isn't that distracting? Bringing the game. Uh, well, into if this you're repeat? doing it while somebody else was going for goal, I guess that would be the difference. Could you could you do that while going for goal? Is that like considered outside the the bounds of the game to pull your pants? <laughs> like not to go all the way, but to flash your undies. <laughs> it's grand final day, and it's a final final kick. <laughs> <laughs> Just get over here, Jordan Goa. You've got to give him a brown eye. <laughs> uh, Ashley uh, says, love the podcast, boys. Just remember, Suns fans are people too. I understand I'll receive no sympathy here. <laughs> but we're passionate and love our club. Get used to it because we ain't going nowhere. Mm, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> that's a double negative, Ashley, which is uh, not surprising for a Gold Coast fan. But anyway. Uh, I'm actually if you ain't you know going what? nowhere. I, it means you are going somewhere. But anyway, Ashley, no, it's good to hear from you. I do, I do wonder. I've never actually met a bona fide Gold Coast Suns fan. I'm still yet to meet mm-hmm. one. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll, I, as Will stated, we don't hate you guys. We just don't like the Gold Coast. Yeah, no, I hate the Gold Coast, but I actually like the Gold Coast Suns. Don't hate the players. Hate the game. Who's the um, captain? Of the, quickly, who's the Ashley. captain of the? Who's the captain of the Gold Coast? Uh, David Swallow. Is it? Don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> Possibly. He might be vice captain. No, it's another guy. I can't remember. Anyway, move on. Uh, all right. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's Tom Lynch. Uh, yeah, getting his pants pulled down. Okay. Yeah. Got a picture of that from Emily. Thanks, Emily. Uh, all right. Here we go. Oh, here's another one. David Swallow, Jared Witts. Okay. So we weren't the, Yeah, co-captains. Uh, Fox footies. Three word descriptions, Charlie. Oh, No. This is uh, well. This what? Is, Who? Um, so this started in Western Australia, and now everyone's doing it. What? Why? What is this? Some kind of like planking type meme that's caught fire? The three word thingy. Okay. Uh, these. Uh, these oh, these are some good ones here. John okay. Katz, 
were surprisingly challenged. Okay, fine. Was was this after this last round? When was what, um, what date is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say this was after this last round. Okay. Uh, was surprisingly on, challenged. Okay. By North. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. So that's what I'm going to say. Uh, all right. So Geelong Cats were surprisingly challenged. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Uh, uh, Gold Coast Suns, but just how? What? But just oh, how did they lose the game? But just how? Yeah, but, yeah. Can you fit bulldoze into ocean? <laughs> <laughs> Doze into ocean. That's yeah. fine. GWS Giants. Serious MCG issues. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Hawthorne. Clarko, the genius. That yeah. works. Did they put a comma after Clarko? No. Okay. Uh, Melbourne. So, comma. So lucky. So, so... Hang on. <laughs> Look, you got three words. I don't think you can use the same one twice. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you could just say that... Uh, are we're so, so lucky. lucky. We're so yeah, lucky. Are so yeah, are so lucky. So fucking lucky. Um, so North fucking Melbourne. Lucky. They're yeah. showing something. Okay. They are, so they apostrophe RE, that's the cheat. Um, Richmond, just so classy. St Kilda, shine definitely off. I think last one, the last three word one we had was bubble has burst. It's all moving in the same direction. Sydney Swans was a free. West Coast Eagles, not at best. Um, this one also is terrible. Western Bulldogs, Astronaut flies again. But this is the one that I want to... Um, uh, What's wrong with that one? That's on. probably the best one so far. Astronaut flies again. Mm, don't okay. think so. It's not a team description. and oh, yeah. But th- it's this one. Port Adelaide. Injuries too much. Too many injuries? <laughs> I guess so. Too many injuries I would have gone with. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Campbell, who sent us that one. Because um, if anyone can tell us what this three-word thing is, like why suddenly this year that is a thing, can you – like I feel – this is where I feel like an old man. I feel like this is something that all the kids are doing on Snapchat or something. Hey, like hashtag me in three words. Just let us know, please. Uh, good good nickname here. Uh, hey, guys, been a while since I heard a good nickname run, so I've got one for you. Zach Tui. Tui sounds like Chewy. Chewy rode with Han. Han was played by Harrison Ford. Ford played Indiana Jones. Jones was afraid of snakes, hence Tui should have the nickname Snakes. Brilliant. That's excellent. Makes a complete sense. Um, uh, uh, okay, Jaden Stevenson underwear video got sent that. Uh, Paul Hazelby with his cock out got sent that again. <laughs> Did we Thank really? You. Delete. Yep. Delete. Uh, delete. Delete. Um, okay. Uh, no, my cal has just dropped it into our message window. Did not need to see that. Thank you. Oh my god, I uh, can see it. Jesus Christ. Oh well, look. You know what? It's not the full snag. <laughs> and he's deleted it. Thank you, my cal. Um, all right. Uh, hey guys, I've got a story. This is from uh, Tom, uh, Mason. Uh, hey guys, I've got a story regarding undies and footy. The guy I played with in country South Australia Footy League never wore undies and was one of our better players. It was under 17s. He occasionally got photos in the local paper, the standard. Anyway, one week he got a photo in and in the thick of the action, mid-stride, evidently the editors missed something. His dick and balls. 
Clear as day. Full colour with breathtaking clarity. I'm sceptical about it being a mistake, someone taking the piss. Don't know. Someone should make a serial type podcast about it, I'd say. Thanks, lad. Enjoy the show. Well, the uh, cra- can, you, can you possibly talk a bit more about the actual games, though? <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, so You're not going to enjoy this episode. Wrong podcast. <laughs> the weird thing about that country game was in the local paper, the three-word review was just dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, mate, can you uh, just uh, quickly pause? Uh, can we just pause for just yeah. for a second? Uh, let's look ahead to this weekend's games. Michael, do you want to give us the first game? Friday night, I imagine. West Coast take on Melbourne at Optus Stadium. Uh, West Coast, who I watched the whole game last week. They look good. I mean, I think uh, that three-word uh, analysis was right. They're just trucking along, but they've just got so many good players. There was a funny moment with um, Jerry McGovern just played an absolute blinder. He's back to his best. But he came off the ground. He obviously had like a cut on his hit, on his head or his neck or something, and so the blood had spilled onto the yellow of his jersey. But you know what it looked like? It looked like he dropped a meat pie on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the jam had come out of his donut. Uh, the fact that he, the reason he actually had to get off the field was he was hangry. Yeah. Uh, West Coast for me. Uh, yeah, I reckon that's probably true. Uh, first up on Saturday is the Mighty Pies take on St Kilda at the MCG. Look, Collingwood will probably win this, but I'm going to go for a long shot. I'm going to say it's the Saints, and that's my luck of the week. Uh, I Look, you know, Collingwood are due to lose one, and they nearly almost did it against the Blues, but I'm going to say that Collingwood probably win this one, I'd say. Later on on Saturday, the Brisbane Lions take on the Crows at the Gabatoire. Where are Brisbane at? Five wins. The shine went off them a bit. Adelaide are a surgeon. This is a game that if Adelaide are seriously top four, they have to win. But wouldn't it be great to see Brisbane line in the warm-up play a bit of the Richmond theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Can they do that? I mean, I know it's not Eagle Rock. I would love that. Just get inside their heads. They play play Eye of the Tiger. I mean, I know it's not exactly like Tigerland, but do you think there's enough of an association that it'll rattle them? Um, Here's what I'm going to say. This is one that Adelaide definitely should win and that Brisbane, bit Scott... Uh, yeah, heat's gone off Brisbane a little bit. Uh, Adelaide are back up and firing. And that's why I think Brisbane are going to win this one. And that is my lock of the week. <laughs> uh, did I did I pick? I don't even know I picked a team. I'm going to say Brisbane as well. Okay, uh, Geelong take on the Western Bulldogs at GMHBA Stadium. Who will Gaza's next victim be? <laughs> Who's copping an elbow this week? Yeah. Exactly. Who's going to be? Well, hopefully you'll go to uh, elbow Caleb Daniel in the head and he'll just miss. Miss. He'll yeah. go straight over the top of his head. Um, oh, look, you know what? Geelong are due to lose a game, Will. A wise man once told me that Geelong have to lose sometime and maybe this will be the week. I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. Look, I've, oh, I've dropped <laughs> the microphone dropped my mic. at that. You were so excited <laughs> so at me picking the Bulldogs. You dropped the mic. <laughs> um, look. Geelong don't lose in Geelong, and I've picked Geelong for the flag, but I also have a theory that, you know, I might as well pick the Bulldogs, uh, you know, every week. So I'm going to say the Bulldogs win this too. And if it turns out that scores are tied uh, when the final siren goes, let's hope that you were called down from the stands to do a bit of stand-up, do a bit of crowd work, to then put the player off his kicking for goal. I'm not going down to Geelong for the game, but if it looks tight at halftime, I'm willing to get in the car. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bombers take on Frio at Marvel Stadium. The two most disappointing teams in the league, according to the rabid media. Uh, who wins this game, Will? Oh, gee. At Marvel, I think Essendon win. I think Essendon uh, beat uh, Fremantle over this side of the country. If it was over in Western Australia, I'd pick Fremantle. I think I'm going to not look at the teams and look at the two coaches. Two hard men when they were players and sort of scary coaches. I think Fremantle players are going to be more scared of Ross Lyon than Essendon players will be of Wusher. So I'm going to pick the Fremantle Dockers. The Shinboners take mm. on Sydney at BA. Is that uh, Tassie? Must be Tassie. Bloodstone Arena. Yeah. Oh, gee. This is a, a hard to tip. Hard to tip this game. Um, North Melbourne coming back into a little bit of form. Sydney, still not a terrible team, Sydney. You know, they're... They're still capable of you know getting it done on the day, but I'm going to say I'm going to say North Melbourne to continue their 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 reemergence, a little bit of form from North Melbourne. They're going to win down uh, in Tassie. What's that bullshit stat about like when Sydney play on the weekend of an election? You know, if they win, the Labor government wins, and if they lose, the Liberals win. So I don't know. Whatever whatever the election result is, that's who's going to win the game. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, whoever wins the election will be the person who has the most shin bonus spirit. <laughs> On Sunday, Port Adelaide take on Gold Coast at Optus Oval in the game that everyone's going to be watching. I'm predicting 4 million viewers nationwide. Um, Port Adelaide win that. Port, Port win at home against Gold Coast. I mean, it'd just be amazing if they lost, though, wouldn't it? I'm going to tip for uh, the, the win I want to see. I'm going to tip Gold Coast. Richmond take on Hawthorne at the MCG. Uh, system takes on talent. Who wins in that game? I really don't know. This is this is the hardest one to pick of the weekend. Like before last weekend, I would have said Richmond win and Richmond win pretty easy. But Hawthorne showed a lot, you know, on the weekend. Can they sustain it two weeks in a row? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say Richmond. Richmond win this just. It requires Hawthorne playing their high possession game against one of the best pressure teams in the competition. I don't think they'll be able to sustain it. I'm going to pick the Tigers. And the last match is the Giants take on Carlton. At um, Dean Gian uh, Syracuse's house. What's his name? At, at, really, at Gia's house. Yeah. In the backyard at Gia's house. In the backyard, house. yeah. Okay. Well, it's um, GWS. Uh, unfortunately, this is a tough one for Carlton to cop, I think. Uh, the week after GWS have been embarrassed, uh, GWS will be out to prove a point, And I think that uh, GWS will win this one. This will be the football equivalent of the jock grabbing the nerd and sticking his head in the toilet and flushing it and then filming it and uploading it to YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Giants in this game. And that is the show this week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. All those messages we read out today were sent to us to people on Facebook. So if you'd like to contact us, that's the best way. We're also on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to check out some other podcasts we do, you can go to tofop.com where you'll find tofop uh, and... Uh, Fofop and this and uh, Willosophy, Will's uh, smart adult interview show, right? <laughs> yeah, Sean McAuliffe's on it this week. It's like, Ooh, a, proper, it's actually like a proper fancy show. Yeah, As opposed doing... to this nonsense. <laughs> anyway, which player's got his dick out? More quality commentary. And you're doing shows in Newcastle? Yeah, but it's uh, sold out, so uh, okay, bad probably luck. not worth plugging that. <laughs> Too late. Too late. Okay, play on, not 15. Well... We are two guys, one car.